it took me until I was 50 something to put it out there and say, I am a spiritual leader. And I don't mean it from the perspective of when I say spiritual leader, I don't teach people like I don't think of myself as a spirit, like a, like a religious leader or somebody who is teaching spirituality. I am a leader that embodies spirituality. And that's what I teach people to do is take the leadership that they've worked their butts off for their entire lives to learn to be a good leader and then start to incorporate their own spirituality, whether it's something that they've already started exploring or have not yet. There's a process of like for you, for me, for all of us to say to it feels vulnerable of like opening that door of, oh, yeah, you know what? Yeah, that's who I am. I got this. This, this, this is who I am. Namaste, sweet souls. My name is Shilpa, and you're listening to the Omni Mindfulness Podcast. I am a mindset and meditation coach for professional women and mompreneurs. The purpose of the show is to offer stories and content that allows you to increase your awareness of your authentic self and be inspired by connecting to the personal and professional stories of other souls. Souls who are walking the walk and living everyday human experiences with inspired intentions. These are the stories that will expand your consciousness and spark within you to ask, what if? Each season, I offer content to help you create a holistic lifestyle that embodies spirituality, mindfulness, mindset, and energy awareness. Through my conversations with experts in their niche area and solo casts from yours truly, my intention is to help you holistically revitalize, reset, and relax your body, mind, and spirit. I'm your host and founder of Omni Mindfulness. So ask yourself, what if just one story could be the catalyst to shift the trajectory of my life? What if I become instrumental in serving other souls to realize their true self? And what if my soul's higher purpose is in the realization of omni-mindfulness joy? It's never too late to rewrite your story. And now, today's episode. Welcome back, sweet souls. This is your host, Shilpa. I wanted to share some exciting news about a little challenge I'm running as I'm trying to get more people to discover this podcast and the conversations that inspire those who value personal growth. And the best way to do that is to leave reviews. You can leave a review on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Apple Podcast. So my request to you is to leave a review if you feel that you've received any value at all from these episodes of OmniMind. Mindfulness. It would mean so much to me if you could write a little review regarding any episode that resonated with you. Please take a screenshot of that review and email it to me at omnimindfulness at gmail.com. In return, I will offer you my one-page guide to spark your meditation practice through Sankalpa. Sankalpa is a Sanskrit word for intention setting. Along with this, you'll receive a link to my guided meditation that will guide you through an intention tension-setting meditation, positive affirmations, which you can practice daily. I guarantee that this gift will help you start a daily intention-setting practice with a spark. It is my gift for you for being a listener, being a supporter, and of course, to enable you to manifest the best meditation practice. 
And we are now in my fifth podcast season, exploring the topic of spirituality. Each month, my guest and I delve deeper. In January, we explore spiritual entrepreneurship. In February, spiritual leadership and wisdom. And wrapping up with spiritual awareness in March. Stay tuned. And up next is my guest, Mirren Ozlak. Mirren raises leadership to a soul level. Have you ever wondered, is this it, or thought there must be more? Well, there is. Mirren works with impactful leaders who are ready to step into the connected life that has been calling them. She does this with a lifetime of tools that connect them to their own place of deep listening and limitless flow. They transform the strive-push-make-it-happen paradigm to embrace a future filled with meaning, knowing, and grace. Her triple career as a champion dancer, preeminent educator, and serial entrepreneur came together with her lifetime of spiritual study to change the way business does business by bridging the gap between spiritual life and business life. Marin is fed by her passion for excellence and desire to serve successful women to increase their impact and step into the next level of life while decreasing stress. You can find more information about Marin at marinoslack.com or the Soulful Leader Podcast.com. And now, here's Marin. Marin, thank you so much for being here. I am honored and excited, Chilpa. Thank you. I've been so looking forward to this conversation. It's been in the works for a few months now. <laughs> yeah, we had to reschedule once and yeah, absolutely. Well, what an honor it's for me. And we have so much in common in many ways, spiritually and in terms of as, as women entrepreneurs. So Without further ado, on the topic of spirituality, wisdom, and leadership, perhaps share a little bit about your background to start off. Oh, that's interesting. I actually started on a spiritual path when I was about eight, um, both spiritual and self-development. And I am a recovering Catholic. I love certain aspects of the Catholic religion, and there's others that I I don't necessarily uh, agree with. And I was blessed in that my mom stepped me onto a spiritual path, like I said, really early uh, in my life. So I got to explore lots of different religions and lots of different spiritualities, and it is the core of my being. And when I, I, in my own search for myself, I stumbled upon the path of dance. And so I was a ballroom dancer, country dancer, swing dancer, partnership dancer. And what that did for me was I was born into a culture, which we all were, and also into a family of high success, high rational achievement, like you, education was paramount and so was success. And I was very driven. I was a very driven young woman. 
and I didn't like being a woman. I uh, I thought that I should have been born a, a boy, and uh, I did everything that my boy cousins did. Um, and I wanted to be my dad's little boy, not his little girl. So I tried really hard to do everything masculine. And what dance did for me, bringing that background to dance and why I brought it up, is that dance really taught me the value of my femininity. Because in order to dance well with a partner, whether you're the leader or the follower, and in dance lingo, usually traditionally, the man is the leader and the, the, the woman is the follower. And that really kind of, you know, like irked me. <laughs> so over the years of learning to dance and learning to be a follower, I started to understand the value of surrender, of following, of the, the feminine, the going inward, the, the calm, the peaceful. And that's where I realized that I would go with my spirituality, which I was keeping very hidden and away from the world. So I had this two, they were very separate in me, my high achiever, go get them and my spiritual self. And what dance did for me was it really brought them together. And I am also an entrepreneur, which is how you and I met. So through SPI Pro um, and that entrepreneurial drive, one of the things that I found is that what I was being taught by the world was that high rational achiever, go get a masculine way is the way to be an entrepreneur. And again, there was a part of me that was like, really, does it have to be like that? And I found that it doesn't. And so that's where I spent or I invested my time and my energy is bringing that that surrender of trust and faith and the getting to know the inner knowing instead of just trusting the outer knowing and what what other people know because it may or may not be right for me so that's kind of in a nutshell my journey and what's gotten me to here and my passion is really helping other I, I work mostly with women and I do have some some um, men that work with me to to start to go on that inward journey that I was blessed to have have you know from from day one and you and I were talking about this early on um, before we we started recording that you also were blessed to have had that experience in your early childhood. Hmm, what a blessing it was for you to be enabled to have that awareness at a young age that even if you were conflicted on some level saying, am I more leaning towards my masculine energy or feminine, ultimately to bring those two together and see the power that you have within you. And that brings me to the other subject we had talked about just before I started recording you had honed in on or you have on the concept of awareness maybe you can share more about that yeah i you know one of the things you said is that i am blessed and i feel like the conflict that was building between the two of those aspects of myself is what's 
been actually the blessing. And so often we think that conflict is something that we should avoid or stay away from. And the awareness practice that you were just talking about of starting to become more aware in our lives, the inward, the journey of wisdom, our own wisdom, it is, I've found that it really is embracing the conflict. Our world tends to be based on either or, good, bad, right, wrong. And as you evolve spiritually, it starts to become less important that something is good or bad, right or wrong. There's a wholeness to it. What you start to find is that all truth ends in duality. So it ends in both are true. So it's both and thinking instead of either or thinking. And one of the things that you'll notice if you study any great um, entrepreneur or anybody that's gotten great at their craft is they start to realize that and that 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 either or type of thinking starts to become starts to come to a both are true both and and so when you when you get to that awareness of both and then you're in this place of surrender and that takes me back to earlier that it's no longer my will or your will it's what are we here together to do and it's so much great, more graceful. And the thing that I've found as an entrepreneur is that I've been told and I studied my, my entire business career of what other people are doing that I should be doing this and I should be doing that and I would should myself to death. <laughs> and once I started to really employ the the my spirituality and bring my spirituality first you know into the front and into the forefront of my business and not keep it separate as something that i went and did it it, it is intertwined with everything that i do now when i started to do that all those shoulds started to fall away and i would find my path and it becomes so much easier and like I mentioned conflict earlier, I no longer shy away from conflict because conflict is just another opportunity for me to find where do those come together? Where's the bridge? Because there always is. Wow, that's just so profound. And when you talked about entrepreneurs and having that space where you understand that this is an opportunity to see within the conflict, where this is my path. I'm reminded of someone um, that you may know of, Steve Jobs. Yes. And he embraced it. Do you know the only book on his iPhone was Autobiography of a Yogi? And he too went through his own conflict and came full circle to understand that in this conflict is some of the biggest achievements i first of all i love that book and i have also heard that um oh the guy who runs facebook what's his name oh um <laughs> yeah that's okay but that he asked he had gone and asked steve jobs advice at some point and steve had told him 
go and study in India and, you know, about Yogananda. And so, and that's who the, the autobiography of Yogi is about Yogananda. So for those of you that don't know, I've read the book and I know Shilpa has too. It's an amazing book. It's very rich and very deep. And I will say that the first few times that I read it, I or tried to read it, I wasn't ready and I slept through most of it. <laughs> and it's a, when I have experienced that particular thing in my life, instead of going to shame, one of the things that I had early on was a teacher that did let me know that your transcendent self is still present. You're still getting the value. And to not shame yourself, to allow yourself to, you'll hear what you need to hear. And then as you grow and as you as you evolve, you'll hear more or you'll hear the same thing and it'll mean something completely different to you. And so it's okay. So if it's the type of thing where, you know, many of your listeners are probably people who have started on a path of, of deepening, of awakening, of spirituality, whatever you want to call that. And I think that oftentimes there is this shame of like, I'm not good enough. We're, we're so entrenched in that that thought process here in the West. And one of the things that I read was that the, um, I'm not sure who it was. It was some great leader from the East that was absolutely shocked that we have this concept that we're not good enough because there truly is no such thing. We're divine beings, all of us, and we all are good enough. Like that's our divine birthright that like we're born good enough. And so what I would say to those of us that were trained the other way, <laughs> including myself, who still come up against that as a, as, as a belief system, is that, you know what, be kind and say, it's okay. I'll be able to stay awake the next time I try to read it or the next time I try to listen to it. And if I don't, that's okay. I, I heard what I needed to hear. And it's, it's perfect the way that it is. I sincerely believe what you just expressed because having been raised in what I call like the self-realization path, it was all I knew yet not being good enough and shaming myself mm -hmm. because I then compare myself to other spiritual beings around myself is it's a constant battle. And I believe that that's part of the evolution or phases we go through as souls and each of us have innately a, the ability to be a spiritual leader yeah. however we just have to recognize that that skill my uh, coach calls it spiritual adult and how do we become spiritual adults because most of us including myself we're on the path we're still spiritual children and we may have an age, we've achieved a certain age, and that doesn't mean that we have matured as human beings and or as spiritual beings. And they're not the same thing. Um, there's a gentleman named um, Ken Wilbur, and he's got a book called The Theory of Everything. And he talks about the kind of that spiritual evolution that we go through and the stages that we go through spiritually. And there is a growth path that we are meant to have as far as our spiritual selves and not just 
our, you know, what we think of as our human selves, our human evolution, what we've been trained, what I've been trained in, and I think many of your listeners here in the West is that like to grow up means to achieve certain outer things. It means I've been successful at my job and I've, you know, gotten a certain amount of education and I've uh, gotten married and I've had kids and I've, it, it's all this outer that we, as you said, we compare ourselves to those around us, those of our age group, those who are younger than us, those are like, we're so busy every day comparing ourselves instead of oftentimes in the East, what's taught is go inside and find who you are. And it is. And that is one of the privileges or blessings I believe I've had in my life is that being raised as a Hindu Indian woman in the West, while it's a conflict and duality, but by the same token, I'm always brought back to who, who am I truly? Who am I on the inside? And that inside part is telling me you're so much more than you think you are. You're mm -hmm. a soul. You're a soul. And when you come from that perspective, as a leader, someone who's driven by wisdom for spirituality, you look at every soul, you're like, they're on a path. Yeah. No judgment. Including no self-judgment because I'm on a path too. And that's really what I am honored and privileged to work with people on is I find that there is um there are a lot of people who are very much like me where they were raised in that outer go get it go do it and you've gone and you've done it and you've been successful and you think is this really it there's got to be more and no one is teaching how how do I find that more I go to some yoga classes I go find a spiritual teacher I go do this I go do that and it still is very much in the go and do in the outer so what I help women to do is go and go inside and be and find who it is that I'm that I'm meant to be and my coach and a lot of the, the work that I use is life mission. He, he calls it life mission. And unfortunately, I think that that has gotten a bad, a bad connotation in that people think that they can go <laughs> do a weekend workshop and find out their life mission. And then it's supposed to be something that they go do. <laughs> and instead, I, the way that I think about it is that it's something for me to continue to discover throughout my life and who I am changes what I do and what I do changes who I am, which then changes what I do, which then changes who I am. So it's this ever evolving upward spiral of both inner and outer. So it's not one at the expense of the other. It's bringing the two together. Like you mentioned, there's conflict in your world of being a Hindu woman in the West. And that conflict is what it's like. We spiral through that and it's an upward spiral. And we get to like the, the spiritual evolution that we were talking about. Absolutely. And being grounded in that basis 
and then growing as whatever you're doing as a service. So for yourself and myself, coaching and helping others, but your foundation coming back to that, the very thing you're doing to help others sounds like it's the very thing you're practicing on a daily basis. Yeah. Someone very wise, and I don't know who, at one point had said, you teach what you need to learn the most. I couldn't agree more. That is why I, I went down this path. I had been in corporate, but there was a period where I'm like, what do I really want? If there was no outer conditions of, hey, you need to bring home the bacon, so to speak. In my case, it would be the plant-based bacon. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what do you really want to do? And I thought, well, I like to practice what I truly need for my spiritual growth. Mm. And if, it, if I practice that, and I'm still learning every day, growing every day, then what if I turn that into a practice? Mm. And I think that's true, right? The, the humble path that we're on. Well, and one of the things that, so in my dance career, I you know spent 30 years in the dance community, and I consciously always chose coaches who had coaches. Because I do believe that we're, there is no end point. Someone always, there's always something that you can learn from someone. Mm -hmm. And so I would find that there were a lot of people who were like, oh, I've, I've done it, I've made it, I've achieved, and now I coach everybody else. And I'm like, but who are you working with? Who, how are you still evolving? So the same thing is true for me as an entrepreneur, as a business person, and as a spiritual being. You know, it's like I have coaches and I hope that I, I always have, I know I will always have coaches and the coaches that I choose always have coaches. And I do that very intentionally for that very reason, because it is a stair step. It's not meant to be, oh, I've made it and now I help everybody else. That's so arrogant. <laughs> There, you know yeah there's i don't want to say there's an absolute and again there are no um I, I would say there's no absolute but then also the ability to just lean on as an accountability partner at times mm -hmm. that's so important i have coaches in different areas i would say and absolutely one is like how to do public speaking and that is like there's so many nuances within that itself that challenges your ego each time yeah it really does it does so i would say absolutely that there is this i continue to learn and also i teach and that's the way that I, even though i was you know i made it to the top levels the mastery in dance I still continued to learn and I taught, you know? Yes. And one thing that resonates with my heart when you talk about dance, because I've always loved dancing and I used to do dancing before I got married. There's something just magical about that space where your, your body is very embodied in that moment. It's mm. very, you have to be very present when you're dancing. You do. You do. And especially when you're dancing, well, both and of if you're dancing for yourself, that's true. You, you do have to be very present. And then when you add another partner or you add a partner into that, it actually, there's a whole nother level of presence that comes out. It's, 
it is a spiritual practice. It is. And it also requires conscious awareness of your feminine energy as well mm-hmm. as masculine. And that's true whether you are in, in, in a feminine body, body or a masculine body. So the leader also has to have an awareness of their feminine energy, of that receptivity, because what really truly happens is a conversation. So you are in a conversation with your partner about what is going on and when it's going on and how it happens. And when you watch people who are just gorgeous as in a partnership dance, they're having a conversation. And I think that probably most of your listeners have experienced, you know, going to a wedding or something where you, you know, like somebody grabs you to dance and it's more like an argument and it's that push pull. And you're like, oh my gosh, where do you want me? And you have no way. And that's most of our experience with our lives too. So my program, which is Dance With Life, it takes those principles of dancing with another human being and how to do that in a beautiful, graceful conversation and it applies it to life so that we're not in that push-pull struggle with life. And we can really experience the flow of what is it like for me to be in complete flow and complete like alignment with why I'm here, what I came to do, and what life is asking of me and calling me to. I love the process you just described. If there was someone who's like, you know what, I really want to step into that space of spiritual leadership. What other nuances do you work with with someone who comes to you? Really, we work with, it is a very inward process. So um, it's a both, here's, here's the both and again. So it, it embodies the inward and starts to get them to start to be able to process and understand the inward conversation and where that shows up in their life. So what I found is that life talks to us. There is a conversation that's going on with life, just like there is that goes on with a partner on the dance floor. And most of us have no idea how to understand what life is telling us. And oftentimes the people who start to get an inkling of it, what they'll say is they'll be like, oh, I saw a bird and it was a hawk and a hawk means this because that's what some book told them that a hawk means. And so that means that I'm supposed to go and do this with that person. And it's one incident and it's one thing that happened and that may be very true and it may not be because the conversation with life is so much richer. So really the way that I work with people is to help them to learn the language that their specific language with life, because each of us has our own conversation, you know, a book might be able to help us to understand some overall symbology that may be true for most of us, and there will be your nuances to it. And so how do I, how do I be in the conversation with life so that it is a flow and it's not a struggle? You know, that's mostly the way that I help people to step into their, their spiritual greatness, what they came to do. And it's interesting because in our, this specific period, I would say even maybe post-pandemic, that many of us have 
really realize there's something deeper that we need to tap into because the externals were not things like this, the external things, the conditions, they can fail you. They can change. Yeah. However, learning to rely on the inside. And how is, how is your um, perception of those who are embracing spirituality in general and then understanding of the wisdom shifted lately and how they embrace it because there's so many connotations around spirituality there really are and (laughs) there's like how many billions of people on the planet and i would say that there's that many billions of versions of spirituality and we're not meant to conform ourselves into one particular thing and with the pandemic the thing for me was a lot of people were caught off guard and i think that the being being somebody who who is grounded in their spirituality allows for much more flexibility and what i mean by that is instead of Hey, sweet souls, if you are seeking to start 2023 strong, then you are in for a treat. In 2023, I'll be hosting regular free mindfulness workshops starting in February 2023, aimed at professional working women or mompreneurs. With each workshop, by signing up, you receive free guides that will support you not only in terms of your daily routine, rituals, but also to help you attract abundance and manifest the dreams that you desire. Did you know that taking your manifestations to the next level is about integration of tools and mindfulness modalities that help you cultivate the skills to recognize what your current abundance mindset is and build your ability to receive? You can learn practical skills combined with powerful mindfulness tools to overcome your fears, eliminate anxiety, and take control of your life. Click on the link at the bottom of the show notes to get on the early sign up list. Namaste. When we're not flexible, we're brittle and we can break easily. If you think of a tree, right, that that gets frozen, it's going to break easily. Whereas if it's not frozen, it, it bends and it moves in the wind. And the pandemic was a very strong wind that came along and it broke a lot of people. And there is another option because there is that that place of how do I get to the place of being the tree that bends in something like that? There's the next level, which is how do I become the person who become who is aware that something like that is coming? And that's where I am is I'm working with my teachers on on being that person who is presencing the incoming future. And one of the interesting things is that science is showing that the incoming wave from the future is more powerful than the past that we think creates us. So stepping into that path of how do I become someone who presences the future and is in such alignment with that, that if there's a pandemic or whatever it is that comes along, it doesn't throw me off path. There isn't even that moment of, oh my God, I have to regroup. And I watched my teachers not have to regroup. And it was so 
amazing. There was a little bit of regrouping for me. It was just, it was minor because this is the path that I've been on. And that's what I want for all of humanity is that we don't have to regroup when there's something because we've presenced the future and we know where our path is and what's, what's our calling. And we're so clear on that. And we're so grounded in our spirituality that it doesn't throw us off. It's just, it's just the next step. And it's like, oh, of course, that's why I was led over here and told to do that. Thank you. You know, intuitively, I had tuned into this concept of being maybe not in your exact words, but being one step ahead. Yeah. Vision for the future intuitively so that I am not the victim of these externals that I'm grounded in who I am and I can support those around me. I so resonate with what you just expressed, but that is where the wisdom tunes in. The spiritual wisdom is about, Hey, all this sum total of knowledge and wisdom I have, it's going to keep me one step ahead. And that's, you know, it's like, there is the practical application of being spiritually aware and that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, people always are like, oh, that's, that's really nice. If, if, it, if it's nice that you have the time that you can dedicate to that. And I think, you know what? It's actually the dedication that I have to it and the time that I invest in my practices that allows me to not get thrown off path and not have to spend all of my time trying to run around like a crazy person. So instead of thinking that when I have time, I will get to that, it's actually flipping that paradigm on its head and saying, I have time because I've chosen to invest some time on going inward and working with my spiritual side. And that is the vision I believe that I somehow I believe that's what you're also articulating that we have for the future of leadership and wisdom for spiritual leadership, or you don't even have to give the label spiritual, but leadership in general is Mm -hmm. being able to harness the mindfulness tools, apply them proactively, making that investment so that when the next wave comes, whatever it may be, you're able to then carry those souls around you. They're looking to you as the leader. Yeah. That's just a beautiful image to me. And I do think what if leaders invested in their personal development, their spiritual development for them and for their teams, what a different world we would live in. We wouldn't be chasing our tails and trying to figure things out. We would be grounded and centered and we would have the answers. And it would make, uh, the world would be a very, very different place. And so, yeah, I am invested in helping leaders. You know, one of the things that I say is like, elevating leadership to a soul level. Let's lead from a soul level instead of from a brain level, because the soul level is so much for it more advanced. And in our culture, we idealize that like rationality is the be all and end all. And it's not 
there are many levels above rationality. It is a step along the way. And what I like about Ken Wilber's work that I mentioned earlier is he talks about that and he talks about the fact that it's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. Each of the steps that we take is transcend and include. So we take the best of the rationality that we've learned and that we've we've worked really hard to get this rational, it's awesome. And then we take it to the soul level. And then there's even steps beyond that so that we include what we know from the rational and it becomes in service. It comes in service to our souls, to our spirituality, to being in conversation with the one who sent us. I think of that just in alignment with what we are more often hearing nowadays about heart math and being in So what you're saying is the rationality is like the mind stuff where it can be a muck. The wirings of our brain may be giving us distortion of information. However, if it's in alignment with the heart, in alignment with the soul, what an incredibly powerful energy that is. Yeah. We mentioned it earlier, like uh, my uh, partner in the podcast, she calls it the itty bitty shitty committee. (laughs) And guess what? That's our minds. Our minds will tell us all kinds of things. And there is a, if you think of, if you take a flashlight and go into a dark room, you only see a little bit of that dark room. So our conscious brains are like that flashlight. We only see a little bit and it's what what's called our reticular activating system. Our reticular activating system goes and it can see a little bit and it it basically sorts the world for us and says, oh, here's how I think about the world. So everything that I see is relative to, you know, like what I believe, it's like, oh, I believe that. So all of those things show up. So if I believe that, <laughs> if I believe that, I I can't ever make enough money, then the my reticular activation activation system will show me all the ways that I can never quite make enough money. And this is a lot of the, you know, like the the mindfulness, like the secret and that type of thing, the movies, they're wonderful because they start to tell us like, oh, you can retrain your reticular activating system. The next step beyond that is what else is in that big dark room if you weren't just looking at it with a flashlight and that's what you were talking about of dropping from the mind down into the heart and even beyond that into the soul because those being those aspects of us are aware of all of it and not just this narrow flashlight beam and it is so difficult even for myself i'm probably one of those most passionately spiritual individuals practicing meditation, mindfulness, and yet it is so challenging. And I can tell you from firsthand experience that the path that I had put myself on in my career was probably that that brain, the fear-based brain, that mm. I need to get that master's in a very techie field so that I'm respected. I get the money and all those nonsense that you're not thought to be woo woo that yes. you'll actually somebody will take you seriously I, I completely agree because there was a period in my career 20 plus years ago where I applied for and almost stepped into this new woohoo field called spiritual leadership mm. and 
it was at Santa Barbara College and I, I really had a calling for it. And I'm like, I just spent a lot of money getting a CS degree. How can I now go off and get something woohoo? Just because my heart tells me that maybe I'm meant to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I just wish this version of me could go back and talk to her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, there, there's, there's validity to it. There is. And I think the world is starting to wake up to that and realizing that we don't want to look at the world from a, a narrow flashlight beam. What if we actually were started to become aware of like the bigger room that there's all this other stuff and we don't just have to look at it through this very narrow lens. We can drop in and be present on a much bigger scale. Like what would it be like to run our lives from dropped in presence instead of figuring it out? And what a level of peace that would resonate in the world. It would be a very, we, we would not recognize that world based on what we experience here. And that for me is a vision worth holding on to. And that's why I wake up every day and I get excited when I get to talk to people like you who are, it's like, we are waking up, we are becoming spiritual adults. And what could we possibly create? This is amazing. You know, I just got goosebumps. Just, I know you probably saw the question I had included in my intake about your vision and just this length of the conversation, this portion of it, it just uplifted my soul. I was getting goosebumps just talking about it. Yeah, I know. And I'm excited because like, this is the, 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 your whole first quarter is all around spirituality. So I can't wait to hear all of your interviews for the, this entire quarter. And it was, it was a little bit of bravery on my part because I was defining my four pillars and I thought, who do I really stand for? If I was truly honest with myself, mm. and it, it was that part of my brain, you know, the old one that got the CS degree 20 plus years ago, lived in fear base going, do I really want to align with spirituality? Because <laughs> that is who I am. If you know me, if you, anybody's close to me as Shilpa's friend, they're like, oh, she's really spiritual. It's so interesting because, you know, we were talking about like the, the growth process and how, you know, like there is no end of growing and, and evolving. In December, I closed my dance studio. I, I closed the doors. And one of the things that in looking at, you know, I always look back at things of like, what did I learn? How did I grow? And that was one of the processes of the 14 years of owning my studio is it gave me the time to start to own my spirituality. Because even though I started being spiritual when I was eight, <laughs> it took me until I was 50 something to put it out there and say, I am a spiritual leader. And I don't mean it from the perspective of when I say spiritual leader, I don't teach people, like, I don't think of myself as a spirit, like, um, like a religious leader or somebody who is teaching spirituality. I am a leader that embodies spirituality. Mm -hmm. 
And that's what I teach people to do is take the leadership that they've worked their butts off for their entire lives to learn to be a good leader and then start to incorporate their own spirituality, whether it's something that they've already started exploring or have not yet. There's a process of like for you, for me, for all of us to say, to it feels vulnerable of like opening that door of, oh yeah, you know what? Yeah, that's who I am. I got this. This 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 is who I am, and it's important to who I am. And maybe for the modern generation, making it less taboo. Maybe mm. it is the path that many of us need to be on, and recognize the tools that are there are the ones that are going to help us with the future vision. And I don't know if you're familiar with the hundredth monkey. No. So um, there is a scientist and I don't remember who it was, but they, they studied monkeys all over the world. And what they found is that, and I'm not sure if it was exactly 100 monkeys and there would get to be a resonance say for example like they taught a monkey how to break open uh something and do etc whatever at x and y were and when they got to the point where they had taught a certain number of monkeys that monkeys that were across on the other side of the world that had never done this before started to do it they weren't taught it they didn't know it they started to do it because there's a resonance in the field. And so when you were talking about that of us stepping up to, you know, like own our own spirituality in as leaders so that the next generation, they don't need to do that. They will have already built that. We will have built the resonance for them. So I think there is something to that of, of it's our time to step up and if that's something that you feel and you're one, one of your listeners feel that it you're being called to that and there's this part of you that you've been kind of hiding off to the side saying well i do that for myself but i you know i can't tell anybody because my colleagues will think i'm nuts or you know i don't want to be that person maybe there's more to that something to look at for yourself because it is our responsibility, and when I use that word, I say our ability to respond in the world, to step into like your heart, like your, your heart asked you to do that 20 years ago and you said, not now, and that's okay. Maybe somebody else felt that way and maybe now, maybe it's time now, so check in. Check in and say, am I part of this revolution that's going to change things for the next, for the next, and for the next? Absolutely. Oh, just on closing on that point is, you may not know this story, but the catalyst for me was pain, mm. deep, deep pain, and it was losing my mother. And unexpectedly, in the most shocking of ways, and in that same month or year time period, we had three deaths and two job losses between my husband and myself. It was like being driven over by a, a, a train. Wow. And then I have a son. His name is Omni. And as I came out of the pain about a year later, still still coming out of it. I thought I'm going to create Omni Mindfulness. I had no clue where that came from. I was not even sure. I was like, 
this is going to turn into something one day because there's That's a message, there's a message buried here in the pain mm. i think that for many of us waking up starts in the pain because it's so easy to stay in our comfort like hey i've created a comfortable life here you know and god wants us to wake up yeah. and it you know it's like it'll tap a few times and be like hey come on over here and it'll call us and it's like oh but it's comfortable over here i like it i i've, I've created this i worked hard to get this comfortable and then you know at some point i know for myself it was a uh, you know i i got to the point where i couldn't breathe in my life i literally could no longer breathe and i was using an inhaler and i i my lungs were not working anymore you know, and I just came out of um, the Energy Medicine Summit a couple of weeks ago, and I have this new spark of awareness mm. that something that I knew on some level, but that that energetic pain we feel that is unresolved, that can turns into constriction, manifests in your body. And oh, yeah. when I was going through my darkest periods around the death of my mom and just before that it was the breath i was on an inhaler i was on a cpap machine i was struggling on so many levels and the body was getting more and more constricted the energy was constricted yeah i feel more and more expansion i go outside and i do grounding and breath work yeah i breathe freely now i you know it's like i i really and it wasn't an instant people are always looking for that instant fix i was going and seeing multiple doctors and and functional medicine doctors and i was working with my spiritual guides and i was working with my you know uh, emotional coaches and and there there literally was one day where everything shifted and then about a few days later, it went back. And so then it's been a process since then of like, oh, that's what it was like to be the person who doesn't have a breathing problem. Yeah. And what is it that I need to continue to embody to mm-hmm. really own that? And I think a lot of it has to do with me owning my spirituality as a leader and really stepping into that and not being afraid of, well, what's so-and-so going to think? What is that? What is, you know? It's okay, whatever they think, you know? So the message I believe for future leaders out there who are now listening to us is embody it, embrace it. You will be the catalyst. Think of them as like little cells. And each time you're vibrating on that level, other cells like the monkeys you were describing. Absolutely, absolutely. And really, you know, it's, when I think of it, there's the both end of there's this big picture, like, and I love the big visions because I'm a big visionary. And then there's the practical day to day of like, what does that mean for me in my life? And if I could just leave your listeners with one thing is what is the practice that you could incorporate just one simple thing that you could do on a daily basis to get to know yourself better every day? One little thing of like a gratitude practice at the end of the day or um, a, a practice in the morning asking, what am I being called to today? And then being present throughout the day for that. 
of, you know, maybe asking your, yourself a question of, why am I here? And not looking for an answer, just being present to it. Mm -hmm. There's so many roads that you can take. There isn't one particular road. And I encourage you to find just one thing that you could do today and then maybe tomorrow and the next day that'll start to, it's an investment of your time. And when we invest, you get dividends on those investments. And we're taught to spend time just like we're taught to spend money. We're not taught to invest it. So what would that mean for you? Like really just be with that. What would that be for you today? So much wisdom there. Thank you so much. I would love to have you back again. There, This conversation just filled my heart. Mine too. It would be a joy to come back. Thank you so much. It would be an honor. And I know I would have a lovely conversation over tea with you on any topic because we just are on, we're vibrating on that same level. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, have a lovely day. And again, thank you so much for your presence. Thank you, Shilpa. Thanks again for tuning in. Check out the links in the description and please subscribe, follow, and share and continue to practice Omni Mindfulness.